0: Thank you, Bob. Well, in my former life, I was an administrative pastor at a large church. And part of my role as administrative pastor was to do what the senior pastor told me to do. <laughs> that was part of what I did. And, you know, as an administrative mind, it's, it's easy for me to think about what I should be doing and, and, and what should be happening in the life of the church or in anything I, I do. But, but sometimes... We get so caught up in the what that we forget the why of what we're doing. And so this morning, we're going to be talking about the why. Why do we do what we do? You know, as, as good Christians, we know what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to come to church. We're supposed to be in a group. We're supposed to serve in some capacity. But, but if we're not careful, those things can just become routine. And sometimes they become mundane. Uh, and, and so we have to constantly remind ourselves of the why why we do what we do. What is our purpose? What is our vision? What is our calling? The scripture from Proverbs reminds us that without a vision, the people perish. Now, it's not saying that, you know, if, if we don't have a vision, we're gonna die. It's just basically saying, if we don't have vision, then, then life be can, can become mundane. If, if we don't have a purpose, if we don't have a why, then life can become boring. And so we're starting with why this morning, why we do what we do. And we're gonna be reminding ourselves of our, our mission and our calling. Y'all know what the mission of the church is, what, why, we are, why we exist. We say that we are here to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. To make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. That's that's our mission. It's the why of why we exist. But even deeper than that, there's a why within you of why you're here this morning. It's not just to make disciples of Jesus Christ. Why do I do what I do? Sometimes I forget it, and sometimes I have to remind myself why. Am I a pastor? What is my calling? What's the importance of it? And it all goes back to this deep understanding that I've been saved by grace, that God has saved me and called me, that I am His child. That's that's the why. And it's from that salvation, it's from that core, from that deep understanding that. I then am called to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. I don't do it primarily out of obligation. Hopefully on my best days I do it because I love God. That's the why of making disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. I love, I love the why of our church, that we are disciples called to make disciples disciples for the transformation of the world. It's deeper, it's bigger than just showing up on Sunday morning. It's much bigger than that. I love the way John Wesley states it. He says this, the church changes the world, not by making converts, but by making disciples. We don't want converts, we want disciples. And so when we talk about our mission, to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world, then we as a church, we have a calling, we have a vision of how we go about doing that, how we go about fulfilling that mission. And we call it our discipleship pathway. And and we believe that this is kind of the core of our calling, First Methodist Church Canyon. And it, it leads through three distinct destinations. And so you might be able to see that up there, but... We say that our calling is to glorify God and worship, to grow in likeness of Jesus and to give our lives in love of Jesus. This is our pathway and how we do what we do. And you'll notice it's in a circle and I like that because part of being a disciple is there are many ways we jump into this thing called Christianity, this thing called being a disciple of Jesus. Sometimes people come to Christ through worship Other times people come to Christ through a group or a Bible study. Other times people come to Christ or or know Christians through service. And there's many ways that people can jump in to a life in Christ. But this is how we do what we do. Glorify God in worship. Grow in likeness of Jesus and give our lives in love of Jesus. And this is what we're focusing on over these next three weeks. And what we believe is that as a disciple, that we are growing in all of these areas and glorifying and growing and giving. Uh, that we, we, and it's in a circle, so it's never ending. It's always something we're working on. And that those who follow this pathway, if, if we're doing it correctly, then we'll automatically be fulfilling Jesus's first and second greatest commandment. You remember what those are? You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. And the second is this you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There's no other commandment greater than these. This is who we are, this is why we exist. Glorified. You can't glorify God without loving God. Grow. We can't grow without loving ourselves and and, and loving others. Give. We, We love our neighbors. And we give our lives in love of Jesus. So today we're focusing on that first thing, to glorify God in worship. Glorifying God in worship. This thing that we do on Sunday morning, right now, it's important. Because God has called us to be in covenant community with each other. And notice that the focus of our calling is God to glorify God in worship. Do you come to church on Sunday morning with an expectation to worship? I hope you do. But for some reason, the church, especially in the West, we have have done a poor job of getting a a proper biblical understanding of this thing called worship. Worship. See, how often, see if this is you, how often have you thought to yourself, worship wasn't very good this morning, or worship was great this morning, or the pastor's sermon wasn't very good this morning, or, oh, the sermon was great this morning? What's the common connector in all those? It's all about how you feel, it's all about me and what I got out of it. See, That's part of the problem that we have sometimes fostered in the church is that we have created converts, not disciples. And you come to church on Sunday morning and say, what do you got for me? Bring it on. It ain't about me. It's about God. We're glorifying God in worship. So when you leave saying, oh, worship wasn't very good, whose fault is that? Yeah. See, because it's not about us. Worship is about God. It's about a heart being transformed by God, recognizing that deeper why I've been saved by grace. Glory. I get to come to worship. It doesn't matter if the preacher's on or off, because God is there. It doesn't matter if the choir gives a great anthem like they did today, my favorite him of all time, thank you, or not. Because it's not really about us. But I have to confess, as a pastor though, sometimes I forget that as well because sometimes on Sunday morning, I can get focused on all the logistics of worship and forget to worship. That's the temptation that I have at times. We all go through that. And that's why I think it's important to remind ourselves of the why. Why do we show up on Sunday morning? Worship is critical because it's about glorifying God. Worship is the heartbeat and the strength of the church. Sunday worship services oftentimes are the first entry point into, for new people as they, as they come to know Christ. And so when they see you on Sunday morning, they're, they're wondering, what is it that you are here for? And if they see you here because you want to glorify God, that makes the biggest difference. Worship is heartbreak. It is criti- critical. So what does it mean to glorify God in worship? There's a lot of elements of worship that makes up this time that we have this hour together. Uh, but today I want to focus on this, this one truth: that worship is a heart response. It really is about what is going on in here. That worship is about being transformed. Worship is about understanding the why. And in our Bible, we have uh, these psalms of worship. 150 of them, actually. It's our song book. But there's an interesting psalm, Psalm 50, that talks about God is speaking about our worship. And it's, it's a fascinating psalm. It's not, it's not real happy-clappy. But uh, hear, hear this Psalm 57 through 15. Hear, O my people, and I will speak. O Israel, I will testify against you. I am God, your God. Not for your sacrifices do I rebuke you. Your burnt offerings are continually before me. I will not accept a bull from your house or goats from your folds, for every wild animal of the forest is mine. The cattle on a thousand hills. I know all the birds of the air and all that moves in the field is mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you, for the world and all that is in it is mine. Do I eat the flesh of bulls or drink? the blood of goats, offer to God a sacrifice of thanksgiving and pay your vows to the most high. Call on me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. See, in this Psalm, God is speaking to the people as they have gathered to worship. And in ancient Israel, a big part of worship was the sacrifice of animals. And and God's saying, you know, I'm not condemning you for following the law because you are following the law in your sacrifices, but but I don't need this stuff. I don't need these bulls, I don't need this blood. I don't need these sacrifices, I don't need these songs, I don't need these hymns. I don't need your I need this. I need you. Worship is a heart response. See, he says, not for your sacrifices do I rebuke you. Your burnt offerings are continually before me. He knew that. But, see, God was telling them. Let's read it again. I will not accept a bull from your house or goats from your folds. For every wild animal of the forest is mine. The cattle of a thousand hills, I know all the birds of the air. All that moves in the field is mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you. For the world and all that is in it is mine." Do I eat the flesh of bulls or drink the blood of goats? See, He doesn't need our sacrifice. He wants our hearts. That's why we come together. That's why worship is a heart response. And and even in the music, I love music. I love that we sing great hymns. But God doesn't need our singing. Some of you are better at singing than others, but God doesn't need it because already around the throne of God, there are voices crying out to God. In Revelation, we, see, we read this, and the four living creatures, each of whom with six wings are full of eyes all around, and inside, day and night, without singing, ceasing, they sing, holy, 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 the Lord God, the Almighty, who was and is and is to come. God was rebuking the people because they showed up to worship sometimes, just going through the motions. And it wasn't a heart response. They had forgotten the why. Why were the sacrifices important? Because God had sacrificed for them. Why? That's why we're here is to remind ourselves, what does God want? Offer to God a sacrifice of thanksgiving. The sacrifice of thanksgiving. You know, it's something amazing about having a heart that is thankful. Uh, Charlie and I have talked about this a lot as, as we have uh, worked with ourselves and our own attitude. Sometimes any of you have attitude problems? Yeah. You know, one of the great things that you can do is to practice thanksgiving. We're coming up on thanksgiving, but this is deeper than just eating pumpkin pie, although that's a good stuff. Thanksgiving, this practice of thanksgiving is is to be thankful for all that God has blessed us with, to intentionally every day practice having a heart of thanksgiving. We are to offer to God a sacrifice of thanksgiving. It's so important. But we're often like Israel. We fall into the trap that our outward expressions are worship, that our outward expressions are what God really wants or needs. See, worship involves all these things. It involves singing, it involves choirs, it involves sermons and preachers, it involves reading scripture, it involves all those things, but that isn't worship. Those are elements of worship. Worship is a heart response. And I think glorifying God in worship, it accomplishes two important things. First, a heart responding to God in worship acknowledges God's loving acts. It's part of that thanksgiving part. And second, a heart responding to God in worship is also a testimony of God's goodness and faithfulness. When our worship is truly a heart response, it tells those around us that God is knowable, that God is approachable, that God is relational. God's love is so good that it should cause you to voluntarily want to worship. That's why we have to remember the why of worship, not just the what of worship, that we show up. We don't show up to consume. If we get something out of worship, that's a bonus. We should get something out of worship though, right? Because God is present where he should be present. And so that's the attitude we approach worship So our next step today is to do our best not to leave this worship service without truly worshiping God as a response of our hearts. So when you came into the service this morning, in your bulletin, there is a note card. You might pull that out at this time. If you didn't get one, you can pull one of the prayer request cards in the back of the pews as well. I want us to take a a few moments to... Think about this question and then write your answer on the note card. How has God personally shown you his love? This is part of that thanksgiving, part of reflecting and meditating on how God has personally shown you his love. Now, you can put down the answer Jesus. That's a Sunday school answer, right? Let's go a little deeper for you personally yes all of us Jesus but how has God personally shown you love you're going to just take a moment here and we're just going to Mel's going to lead us in some singing you can sing along if you want as part of your worship we're going to sing a couple of hymns as we just meditate on this idea of thanking God for his love and you can write down your answers on that card Mel would you lead us as we meditate and pray over how God has shown his love to us